In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamaris. And I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Budget Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. And, you know, we ha- we have to start where else, but what was clearly the most polarizing political debate of the week. Did you guys uh, did you guys see the drama surrounding POTUS and FLOTUS's date night out this week? Not until you sent it to me. And I, 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 I was. I guess surprised, but also not surprised at mm-hmm. how small of a thing can be made into. I a know. Thing. I mean, really, like this is why we voted for Biden. It's because we want to know this dumb drama, just like Obama with the tan suit. It's like, as opposed to like, are we going into nuclear war with Korea <laughs> that we had during Trump? Now we're now people are debating about the little things, which is, you know, right. It's exactly. America is all about. It's not like Melania Heard excoriating husband Trump at at D.C. restaurant. It's just that they got the same dish. But this did pose a question this week. Is it unhinged to order the same main dish as your spouse when dining together? This question, of course, was prompted by none other than president than the president and first lady themselves. So the Bidens recently dined out at a restaurant called Red Hen. Ah, Red Hen. That's the Sarah Huckabee Sanders restaurant. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> right? Beautiful. Which honestly, already flex. Already so, I'm down. Mm-hmm. That's the, if you guys don't remember, that is the restaurant that kicked out Sarah Huckabee or says they do not want to serve Sarah Huckabee Sanders mm-hmm. right. and other Trump people. Uh, and that caused the whole debate. Wow. So yeah. it was already kind of a serve for Biden, for the Bidens to go there. Obviously. Yes. Amazing. So they ordered a chicory salad, grilled bread and butter. And two identical bowls of rigatoni. And people have had very strong reactions to this. I will agree on in the sense that one of the primary perks, like literally top three, of having a partner is getting to try multiple main dishes. Of Although I will allow for some exceptions. And I want to discuss those with you today. <laughs> Under what circumstances is it acceptable if you're on a – I'm even going to say like this doesn't even have to be um, like – a romantic partner. Like no. let's even say you're going out to dinner like with a friend where you guys feel you eat off each other's plates or you're going to share anyway. I feel like one-on-one dinners, that's the case anyway. So under what circumstances is it acceptable to each order the same entree, Lisa Morales? Um, if you both want the same entree. So. Joe Biden apologist. Yeah, I know. It's because she went to University of Delaware. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. it's true. I guess I have to, again, hens are involved. Two UD uh, alums are involved. I will, I'll cape for them here, I guess. I mean, Danny and I do usually order different entrees, but I don't know. They're fucking 70 years old. They're at dinner. 
they want the rigatoni. I don't. <laughs> Let, let's yeah I don't understand in all of this I learned that apparently the Bindens do famously love pasta with red sauce like Obama Crazy. is on record saying that it's, it's one of their preferences it's one of their favorites well I would say that it's unacceptable <laughs> like I think that first of all if you finally know me- some disagreement on the Betchessa <laughs> podcast no I'm just I mean that's why I personally I love eating Asian food Korean food because it's a lot of shit that is in small dishes and you get to have a little bit of everything that is the fucking perk I will say so I will say when people when I'm out to eat with someone and I'm like how about you get the and they're like no I don't want to share points Red deducted. Flag. Points deducted. If I get that really upset, like I have had friend fights because my friend's like, mm-hmm. I, one time a friend was like, can I have some of your salad? And I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, can I taste this? And she was like, no. And well, that, that's unacceptable. If you're sharing, you're sharing. That's yeah, psychopath. That was a, that was a thing for like, <laughs> it was on a cruise and it was a thing for three days that I kept bringing up and it was like a whole. So yeah, I will say, okay sometimes right like everyone's a little picky whatever i personally i don't know if you guys know this about me i don't love seafood i don't really fuck with it that much Mm -hmm. whatever it was like my toxic trait my only flaw Mm -hmm. and um (laughs) yeah so sometimes i go to a restaurant and there's not much outside of seafood or even there's not such there's not much i'm in the mood in like i don't want to eat steak two nights in a row you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so sometimes there's only one thing that i want at a restaurant one entree and then if jill and joe are maybe they wanted that was the only thing they wanted on the menu and they both had to get it and they were very hungry that is again like loosely the acceptable like i can understand that case Mm -hmm. but for the most part, you're going out to eat with me, just like we all the betches had shout out to Resdora. Mm-hmm. We got to try 10 pasta dishes because mm-hmm. we all want, you know, that's like kind of the fucking perk. So I would say typically non exempt. Had we ordered in a style where we each got, if, if we had refused to share, I think that would have caused some real permanent pro- problems for this podcast. It would have. <laughs> the chemistry would have been affected. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> People are like, well, Millie seems really cold on the lid. <laughs> she seems because Amanda wouldn't share her ravioli. <laughs> there's, well, there's some stuff too. I mean, I don't know. You guys tell me. But there's some entrees that are like, like a risotto or something where I'm like, this is so rich. I'm so glad I didn't order a whole fucking plate of this. Exactly. Because I would not be able to get through it. So... Yeah, you know, I not think that that's yeah. the case at Resdora. Everything yeah. was great. Everything was great. We love you. My, more. Pers- my perspective is that it's it's okay to order the same dish, like Elise said, anytime. It's not that yeah. deep. I'm never gonna be like telling telling my significant other what to order. But I think it's especially permissible and you know, most permissible if you go to a place where like that's the signature dish. I don't know enough about the red hen to know if that's like a signature dish or an especially good one. Like there's an Italian restaurant in Manhattan called La Pecora Bianca. And our favorite one is the, like it's, we always get the same thing. Cause it's like the thing they're known for. It's the green media. We both want it. That's all we want. We don't want anything. We don't want anything else. That makes sense. But I do um, see the thing is me and my, me and Mike, our at home dining is very limited because I don't like pork or red meat and he doesn't like seafood. So it's just a lot of chicken. Mm. So when we go out, it is a rare time where I can get my salmon, I can get shrimp, I can get a sea bass, and he can get a steak and he can get a pork loin. So that's where we really we just order separate things, but actually not for the reason that uh I endorse ordering separate things, but not for the reason that these 
that these objectors do. Yeah, I will say like in practice, I do usually order separate things. Danny and I usually order separate things and share. But I don't know. I leave a lot of room for just like kind of two old people to be like, we both want pasta. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know if the you Bidens have didn't an even adventurous palate. I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure what the situation is there. I personally am like, I eat like everything. I'm very, uh, like I, I'll kind of try anything and I'm very interested. But I've also been in situations at a restaurant where like, I just do want the same thing that Danny wants and I want a whole damn bowl of it. I want a big ass bowl mm. of rigatoni. I want all the rigatoni. I want mm. it all for me. Mm. Um, and maybe we'll share good some reason. Why, why order the same thing? Same because apps, you yeah. want all of it. Well, I, yeah. perfectly good reason. I will also say, unlike you, Amanda, and you, Elise, the Bidens probably have a personal fucking chef and yeah. they're probably getting yeah. their catered, Blah, blah, blah meals, like cater to them, specific to them every day, all day. So when they're out at Red Hand, they want the yeah, Rigatoni. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's just, that's that on that, I all guess. Right, so we let we let the Bidens off the hook for this, for this. All of their other <laughs> offensive behavior, absolutely not. <laughs> but I had the same thought as you, Millie, as this reminded me of like, remember that first Valentine's Day? This is very specific, but the first Valentine's Day after inauguration, they just came out with coffee with their dogs and there were Valentines on the lawn and it was just like, oh, this is it. And yeah, to just get an anecdote from a restaurant that isn't just like have so much criminal activity is yeah, fine. Or like destroy f- Christmas trees or a garden <laughs> or something or like just a million scandals. And you know what? The Bidens are like Harry and Megan at their core. They're just a boring ass couple yep. that love their dogs. No, exactly. That's kind of where I come from. I'm like, they're two boring 70 year olds from Delaware. Like, of course they're going to just both order the rigatoni at a restaurant and be totally satisfied and go home and be like, wow, great night at the Red Hen. So I'm going to look at who the is Red craving. I am craving. I've never craved rigatoni more. I love a rigatoni. Oh, um, that's the, 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 let's see. Red Hat dinner menu. Let's go. Yeah. Read the description. Okay. Okay. So they have a toast section. So if you're thinking that the grilled bread and butter, which I don't think is weird, but if you're thinking that's weird, it's not because it's like their no- number one thing with sea yeah. salt and shaved radishes. They have a Sounds whipped ricotta with crostini, butternut squash. These are all toasts. Mm-hmm. Chicken liver <laughs> mousse, burrata, and black trevor crostini. Okay. Okay. So they got the grilled bread. They were, I feel like, and then you can add Sicilian anchovies if you want. Antipasta. For pasta, they have a malfetti, I'm sorry, wild mushroom por- <laughs> porcini cremosa and parmigiana with breadcrumbs, spaghetti verde, squid ink linguine. And I think this is what they got, the mezzi rigatoni, which is yeah. tomato, fennel sausage ragu, and pecor- pecorino romani. Romano. What would you, which pasta would you, would you guys, would you order from this? Okay, way? let me get the last one before we pick, because the last one is cavatelli alla Genovese, which is braised short rib ragu, tomato caramelized onions, and parmigiana, which sounds like my choice. Elise, I just pinged you the menu. Um, oh, great. Yes. Um. Well, I love a mushroom dish, so I'm I would doing actually that one. probably go with the mushroom pasta. Mm. I do, see, I love a squidding thing, but I also recognize a lot of people feel very strongly against mushrooms. A lot of people turned off by the idea of squid ink. So if the Bidens are coming to this dinner 
with pasta on the brain. Mm. <laughs> There's really only two pasta options for them. And who yeah. knows? Maybe the rat, the, what was the last one? The, the short rib ragu. Maybe, That's maybe what it I felt get. too heavy Me to too. them to have the short rib. You know you what know, I mean? They should have. One of them should have gotten. Here's the, okay. I'm gonna slide. One of them should have gotten the rigatoni, and the other should have gotten the the braised short rib with tomato. That, exactly. That's what I would have done. That's but you what know I what? Demanded. As a woman in her 30s, and I'm sometimes my stomach is not doing great. No. Sometimes yeah. we need we need to we need to get we need to chill out on the shit. We drank too much the day before. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And we want something simple. I went to a Mexican restaurant, got a chicken noodle. That shit was fire. They gave me limes and tortillas. So maybe it was uh, the stomach's kind of crazy. Let's keep it cute. Let's go with the rigatoni. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's regular, I do think the cavatelli a la Genovese <laughs> is the. Let us know. Suppers. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know. Suppers, we might have to make a. We might um, have a sup Maybe for, for research sup. purposes, we should. We should expense some some Acela business class down to DC <laughs> to the Red. I know. Hen. I'm like, we got to do a. We have to do a sup visit to the Red Hen and try. Uh, that we simply must. Maybe we say. can get. Maybe Uber Eats. Red Hen, like the name of the restaurant, Red Hen, elicits to me like diner. So I thought it was weird that they ordered the rigatoni at all. It reminds me of Red Rooster, which is like a soul food place. In New yeah, York, exactly. Right? But then you're looking at this menu and it's like, oh, no, they're doing pasta. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> as, true. A, as a D.C. area girly, Red Hen was giving to me like little quaint restaurant. Yeah, Pharaoh. Like a little, I don't know. I feel like. Uh, a lot of like DC restaurants want to look like they're like in a little colonial house and then they have like a little red hen outside and it's mm -hmm. like you've got little comfort fare so that's what red well, watch hen is this giving space. to me. We might have to watch this space. They refuse to serve us at the red hen. <laughs> no, we, haven't given them, we literally read their, we charge people a lot of money to do that. We just read their menu. Okay. Unfortunately, we must move on to our next <laughs> segment. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. 
They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. This week's Republican You Not, or today's rather, because of course we did have one on Monday, this week's Republican You Not interfere with the cancellation of some student loan debt. So I definitely like, you guys always tell me what you want to hear about, but this is obviously a, a topic that a lot of our listeners, a lot of our millennial listeners are deeply invested in. This, because we all, we thought the student debt was going to get eliminated and that was going to make like a very meaningful difference in, you know, how people plan for their financial future. And that is still very much like complicated. I mean, has that been your experience, Millie? I mean, you got this news and then I got because I qualify for up to 20,000 and I got 18,000. So I am with it. And let's not even talk about high interest credit card. Loan. <laughs> I, high interest that's credit next. card debt. That's different. That's different. But, <laughs> He's working on the public, junk fees. I know. Oh, my God. Uh, and half of them are concert tickets, honestly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hidden. Yes. Listen, right, did you get did you get Beyonce tickets? I got a friend who did, yes. So nice. I, I will be. Which walking. night are you going? Uh, I forget. The, maybe okay. the thirtieth of July. Me too. Okay. Well, listen. Cool. Fucking Ju- New Jersey sucks to get to. So let's get well, a sprinter. We yeah. are. We are. That was the first thing we all said. We were like, we're too old to come back in the middle of the night from New Jersey in the summer. Terrible. No fucking way. So we're continuing. Yeah. It's it's part of the pr- pr- ticket price. But anyway, okay. Student loan debt. This week, the Supreme Court heard arguments in two challenges to the Biden administration's plan to cancel a significant amount of student loan debt owed to the federal government. So as Millie said, some people would have up to $20,000 canceled. I think a majority of the people impacted would have up to $10,000 as long as they make less than $125,000 a year or I think it's like two fifty dollars as a household. 26 million people had already applied for relief with 16 million approved before the plan was paused in lower courts. Biden justified the move under legislation that allows the president to direct the Department of Education or, you know, agencies in general to waive or modify loans to avoid economic insecurity in the event of an emergency such as the COVID pandemic. I think this legislation was originally developed after 9-11. One of the challenges comes from a handful of Republican-led states. It's just imagine just being like, no, no, we don't like it. We don't want people to have money and to, to be able to maybe build some wealth. Absolutely not. So that's these six states. Fucking, that's their whole platform. Missouri, Nebraska, Iowa, Arkansas, Kansas, and South Carolina. The first question the court considers is like whether they even have standing to sue at all. Like how does Biden's plan hurt them? Even conservative justices question that, like Amy Coney Barrett did pretty heavily. For example, one of the states, Missouri, claims that the Biden plan could deprive revenue from its student state loan authority. But that state like loan authority is actually not involved. They're like, we're good. We're not signing on to this. So I think even Amy Coney Barrett was like, well, why aren't why aren't they here? 
this doesn't make sense. So the other case involves two students who also I don't like they wouldn't benefit from the plan, but I don't think they're negatively impacted. Biden's lawyer, Solicitor General Elizabeth Preligar, argued that the president was acting squarely within the law, this HEROES Act, to avoid borrower distress during national emergencies, and that these plaintiffs just have simply not shown that they have been harmed by the policy. I read a couple articles this week that she slayed that like before these arguments, I was like, this is a done deal. Unfortunately, the student loan thing isn't going to happen. I'm still seeing a lot of cynicism around that, but the reaction to her was incredible. Like she really put them in a box and was like, there's just nothing to see here. But and, and I think Amy and Brett apparently both like expressed skepticism as well as all the liberal justices. Well, we know but- Brett loves college. <laughs> he loves beer too, and Brett he loves, loves college. Flashing people his that genitals. Was, yeah, he he is absolutely like, well, college fucking rocks. Yeah, <laughs> can't skip college, so, and that's it. Yeah. And he knows about some. He knows he knows all about canceling debts yeah. because oh. we don't know who canceled his credit card debt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who paid his credit card bills? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I- no, it, Clarence Thomas is over there probably like if they they shouldn't have even gone to college in the first place and that's like, well, well, that's ridiculous. How do you how do you how do you get access to women? The justices like if they do decide to make a call here, they sound pretty sus and like they're ready to strike this down. They said this just is like a major questions doctrine issue, which means Congress has to chime in on an agency move that's this big because it would wipe out, you know, ha- half a trillion dollars of of, you know, revenue that the government anticipated that it would have. Some of them sounded generally confused about executive overreach just as a concept, even though this, what Biden is doing is within the law. So they like to be like, you know, some of our best moments have been when we stop executive overreach, um, which is not untrue, but like this is within, this is within the law. He's, he's not overreaching. Justice Roberts just, again, he just kept stressing the price tag, which sometimes I'm like, is that that what they're supposed to be talking about? Like, No, it's... Yeah. That's not what they're supposed to be talking about. Who's looking at the price tag when we bail out the auto industry? Every fucking bank. Like, we have all this money to do so much stuff, but then when we want to use... We want to wipe out debt for, like, some people. Yeah, some debt for some people. It's going to make a huge difference for the people who qualify, so and it is a big deal, and, like... I think it's a great thing for Biden to do. So I don't want to like be like, it doesn't even matter. But at the end of the day, it's like we have bailed out corporate America because they personally mishandled funds on massive scales. They've ruined their companies, almost taken the U.S. economy down with them. But when it's time to give relief to people, actual people, suddenly we've got Justice Roberts going, I don't know. It's yeah. pretty pricey. And it's not even his job. I, I will say, right. Stay in things. your lane. Yeah, stay in your lane. Two things, right? Like people who, those people who like we do bail out, they actually, like a kid stealing a Snickers bar or whatever, or skipping school or whatever the broken windows policy, if we're talking about policing, that actually does not have long-term harmful effects to society in the way that white-collar crimes, people who do fraud, people who, again, fuck up all these scandals, the people who caused that, like the 2008 recession, like those people actually cause harm to society in in tremendous ways and they continue to get bailed out. The airline industry during COVID got bailed out and what did they fucking do? They got tax, they got buybacks on their stocks and yeah. they're not investing in fucking new 
like that's what happened with Southwest. You know, I'm like connecting all the things, but it's like they had this buyout and they, what they did with the money was again, buy back their stock and not invest in, in shit. So like that is harming us as um, like as consumers and Americans. So what's the reality, right? Like I know I've talked a lot about my debt and like what this means to me, the circumstances in which I did get loans, like these super predatory, predatory, high interest loans and also public loans. That you took out when you were 18 years that old. That I took out right. when I was 18 because I was told that if I don't go to college, I'm not going to have a future. And I fucking did that. And the reality of my life, and I'm going to paint a picture that might be familiar as we're talking more about what it means to be a woman in the world now and, you know, and, and, and whatever. I don't have kids. I don't have a car. Guess what? I have to pay fucking taxes. My taxes are paying for schools for K through 12. My taxes are paying for roads and highway extensions and all this shit. Uh, I, you know, I'm not old. I don't need, I don't get social security. You know what I mean? But like, that is the social contract that we are all paying for. So it really bothers me because it's not just, it's not just these, um, you know, Republican social, um, Republican Supreme Court justices that think this way. There are a lot of people who are like, oh, these entitled, rich, blue-haired kids, you know, and it's like, no, we all have to bail each other out. That is why we pay into this tax system is because there's going to be a moment where you need some kind of fucking intervention and you want to know that the government that you're paying money into is protecting you. And right now there's a millions of people, millions of people who have been taken advantage of the, from this system, can find a way. A lot of people, like we've talked about, we've covered um, for-profit colleges. A lot of people didn't even get their degree because they couldn't even finish, and they have this debt. So it's like, it's you know, again, it's not a big deal in the grand scheme of like this country and their debt, but it is going to make such a difference to so many individual people, and it's just really... It's just really annoying that like somebody who graduated college literally 50 years ago, 40 years ago is deciding if it's worth it without understanding the realities of what it means to be a young person. Now we can't afford like housing and recession and eggs and all this shit that we have to do, you know? Anyway, that is my rant. <laughs> I, I totally echo everything Millie's saying there. It's something that I've actually talked a lot about with like Republican members of my family. It's like something that I've argued with them a lot about. Number one, one member of my family was like, well, I paid for college by having a job. And I was like, how much was your college? And the mm -hmm. number that she quoted to me is now one semester. And yeah. that was like the number for her, the entirety of her college. I was like, you cannot pay for college just by having an after school job no essentially like that is not the reality so again it's people who did not graduate in college in any recent time period or if you're brett and you graduated in the 80s you're fucking rich mm -hmm. and you don't know you do not know what it is like to have to put yourself through college and take out loans and not have your parents paying it back second of all uh one of the arguments i had with a family member we were she was kind of there's this like weird personal responsibility republican thing where it's like 
well, you shouldn't have taken out loans if you couldn't yeah. pay them. And it's like, number one, these are loans that target 18-year-olds who do not actually even have the brain development to fully understand the numbers that they're looking at or that those numbers are unrealistic to actually make back. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, a lot of friends of mine, went into college with one economy and came out with a completely fucking different one where there were no jobs, nothing, zero. And that still affects people that graduated at that time. Exactly. Because people, so many people I know started their careers much later and at a much lower level than they would have because they graduated squarely in the recession. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And my third point, which is kind of the place that I always get to with this is like, what kind of country are we going to have if our, if we saddle an entire generation with insurmountable debt? Maybe they shouldn't have signed up for these loans. Maybe everybody is irresponsible who did this. Millions of people. as Like literally an entire generation was too stupid to understand something. Okay, even if that's the case, what? future does this fucking country have if an entire generation of people is crippled by debt and -hmm. just cannot ever get out of their debt like it is this mentality of like again we have social security medicare all of this stuff for people who are older which i agree with it's not like i'm Mm -hmm. saying i don't think we should have that stuff yes yes but there's no thought And it's this kind of boomer mentality where there is just pulling up the ladder behind you. Like, yeah, Millie, you pay into Social Security for me. You pay into Medicare for me. But fuck all of you. If you want me, my taxes to go up a tiny bit or for they're not even going to go up. They're just going to be rerouted. If you want if you think I'm going to pay for something for you, fuck you. And it's like, okay, so you're literally boomers specifically benefited from so many social programs. Exactly. So many. Higher taxes that paid for all of this stuff. And then as soon as it was time for them to start voting and making decisions, they they took it all away for everyone. Yeah. And then they look at us and go, why don't any of you have houses? And it really, it's it, I, I think it's disgusting. Yeah. And I think the reason all of this, I think, is directly relevant to the Supreme Court case because they're all those ages and they're all Republicans. And this comes down to a question of like whether they whether they bother, like ultimately this isn't really like this comes down to just the the part like the partisan makeup of the Supreme Court. And they've acted in a partisan nature every single time they're going to this time. And just the like the kinds of questions that they were asking that are just like, well, why? That's just simply too much. too much debt. And it's like, well, would you find this more constitutional if it was less debt? It's, yeah, it's, it's the wrong question. And also like to go back to other bailouts, it's like throughout COVID corporations got so much in like the PPP loans, tax breaks, this, that, and the other thing so much, but the actual people, we got a check for $2,000 that came in parts. And this is actually something that could really, really help people's lives. And they don't want to do it, number one, because it's just not in their ethos to do that. But number two, because they know, they know the power of voters having $20,000 of their debt taken off and they don't want people to see Joe Biden as having given that to them. 
Like that's what also this is about. I feel like I'm at a consciousness raising group today. <laughs> a big problem, just to echo what you were saying, Elise, is that they pull the ladder up. They deregulated the things that keep college costs low. You know, that was Nixon that deregulated that. So that's why, first of all, college prices were able to skyrocket. And second of all, the Bi- you know, the Biden administration, to the critique of many people, of many socialists, democratic socialists and people on the left, the Bidens, the Biden administration did means test this a lot, you know, so it's not even as many people as they could help. They really did, you know, again, so the people that they're debating are the people who, you really know, need uh, really need it are the poor, you know, for you to get a Pell Would benefit grant, the most rather. Yeah. yeah. But like if you're getting, if you're getting $20,000 forgiven, your parents have had to make such a low income to get the Pell Grant in general. So it, again, this is, so when you're talking about people who took out loans and didn't know, it's like, yeah, like there are a lot of people, again, my family had no, I'm just using personal my personal story, my family had no experience with FAFSA, with any of that. And I'm just signing and signing away because I thought that this is what you have to do. And again, with the, we've talked about all the other things, so I don't have to repeat it. But it's just like, there are millions of people like me who like, we're not talking about somebody whose parents are paying for their, or whatever, this and that. This is people who've gotten Pell Grants. So again, mm-hmm. the most vulnerable and, you know, and, and they're still talking about this price tag and it's, yeah. and it's all because, but again, it's the, the thing that Elise was saying. And I mean, if we're talking about housing, these are the fucking people who bought houses for a hundred thousand dollars and now are charging a million. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they truly don't care. And like, they have no set, you know, and this is the, and again, um, the Supreme court is an unelected, like, you know, so it's like, because Trump won once lost the popular can, vote, won lost, once got three fucking justices, got three fucking justices been impeached. Tw- you know what I mean? But like, mm-hmm. that is who's making, you know, who's going to decide like, if I right. can buy a house. Into, in all of this is that I think we all believe the court is fairly illegitimate at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, the other thing that I realized as you the other thing I realized as you were talking really is that another argument you hear from certain people is that like, but what about all the doctors and lawyers who are making a lot? And like the thing standing between a, a poor person and becoming a doctor and lawyer isn't 10K. It's a lot more than that. It's it, it it's it's like it's a lot more than 20. Like that's it's a not lot covering, more than 100. It, honestly. Exactly. So it's like you're not this the 10K did not pave a path. Like uh, there are plenty of doctors and lawyers who came from nothing and who built that for themselves, but there are also many who came from privilege and who had everything paid for. And it's not like $10,000 is the ticket to that. And so a lot of these recipients are just like flooded with doctors and lawyers who have all this disposable income who also they're the ones who probably paid them back already anyway. Well, I actually know people who went to medical school and are in hundreds of thousands of, and they're like, well, I'm just never going to have kids or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that is like, re- you know, and these are people who, even if you get a full ride for your undergrad, cause these people busted their ass, like you're still graduating with six figures of debt and you're paying at least, a th- you know, so that's also another thing when we're talking about an, in- what's going to happen to an entire generation of people who have debt. We're also talking about, 
other things that we're hearing, I know I've heard a lot. There's a lot of articles about how there's no babies being born. Yeah, I have that for, we definitely, I'm, I'm trying to find like an expert to come on and talk about this week, like the China policies, like China is now just like everybody have babies as many as you want. Please. Exactly. Because, well, China is a different story, but it's like, okay, so let's say we have this, like, you guys can't complain that nobody's having babies if we're not setting up a society where we can have, ba- you know, we can have babies and do these things. Right. Yeah, I know, like yeah. how, again, it's like, there's just no thought about the future of this fucking country. We have an entire generation of people, number one, saddled with debt. They can't get a house. Like, uh, how are you supposed to raise a family? Truly. Truly. Yeah, uh, how are you supposed to raise a family? And then you have kids and then some 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 kid with a mental health crisis goes to a school and, you know, that's that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what is the no country that leave. they're setting up? There's no paid leave. There's no, like, again, support for mother, you know? Yeah, exactly. You're everyone's one health crisis away from potentially bankrupting themselves, even if they have insurance because their deductible is like it's just it is this mentality that, again, just has no thought for creating a successful future at all. It is all about the people who are currently here hoarding their wealth for themselves and zero building of a future for truly anybody else. And it's really, it's really sad to see. And like it, it is not going to end up in a great place. Yeah. We've talked a lot about how it can be hard to communicate to voters things like the filibuster and Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin getting in the way of things that Joe Biden promised to do and otherwise like would have done. We also talk a lot about how voters, Republicans know that they can't take fuck with the Affordable Care Act anymore because voters would perceive it as being taken away by them. Where do you guys think that the student loan issue would fall sort of on that spectrum if it is, if the Supreme Court stops it? Do you think that people will blame Biden or do you think that they have the kind of like understanding and awareness of the process to know that this was taken away by a handful of Republican states? What do you think? Obviously, the implications could be specifically for 2024. How will this be interpreted? I think that people who were expecting to have $20,000 of their debt forgiven and suddenly that's not happening, but they received approval, I think they're very highly aware of why the fuck they did not get the money that was approved. And I think that the view of the court, after what they did with Roe, I think people are very well aware of what is up with this court I think that has been shown throughout the elections that have happened since then. And um, I think when you fuck with people's money, they investigate exactly how their money got <laughs> fucked with. I don't think this is something where people are like, how did it happen? I think I think people will know. I think that it is a challenge. It's going to be a challenge because, again, communicate. to communicate. But it is like it's up to the Democrats to do it effectively because mm-hmm. I can see the critical thinkers obviously seeing that, but I can't see someone who doesn't pay attention to the news just looking like, what's well, another thing Biden promises? All the Democrats do is promise and they don't deliver without actually understanding the nuances and stuff. And it's up to Democrats to really be communicating even now of like, 
this is what Republicans want. Like they're not telling you their actual policies. They're talking about make America great again. They're not making any policies now that again, like exactly what Elise was saying. They're pulling up the ladder. They're not building a future where children can thrive or any of that, or anyone can afford a house or no, they don't want to, you know what I mean? Like it's up to the Democrats to really nail that messaging. And it's just, I mean, I hope this fucking passes because again, like Biden promised, like, let's talk about things that Biden promised and hasn't been able to deliver the $15 minimum wage. And that's because of, you know, Kirsten and, and what Joe Manchin and the student loan and Rose, you know, so it's just like, I really hope they fucking pull through and, and people can see that. He's fucking trying and Mm -hmm. it's not for lack of effort, you know? Yeah. I I think that from what I've seen from the White House and Congress so far, I think that they'll be pretty effective and like constantly, I think that they'll be able to wield that very effectively. Like Republicans stop this. Like Republicans in, you know, Missouri, Arkansas, Kansas or whatever got in the way of the single thing that I tried to do on my own to provide relief to the American people. So- we just need to elect more people because to, you know, to make it so that things don't even get to that point. I do think, I think what's interesting with the Supreme court is that this, this is, was kind of where they went with Roe and it's kind of where they're going with this is that they keep going, well, if this is really Congress's job yeah, and actually Congress has to do it, but they do that. And they say that they knowing, know how they've seen Congress <laughs> knowing that our Congress is broken, broken, cannot pass legislation that actually has the support of people that there's no way that any of this stuff is going to get through Congress. So that's like their little trick that I think that they're constantly trying to play is to just go, all we're saying is that it's actually Congress's job, but they do that knowing that the legislative branch in this country is broken. They would bad. not be doing that if Democrats had a supermajority. They would not no, be doing it. Absolutely not. They would be saying Congress actually can't do that. No, this is all yeah, right. Like literally, if Congress passed again, and I I really believe this, if Congress passed a law legalizing abortion tomorrow, the Supreme Court would go, You can't do that. Oh, 100 percent Yeah. Yeah. You actually can't. That's why that's the main reason they haven't. When people ask, like, why are they trying harder? It's like, well. It's just going to end up back there. The Supreme Court would strike it down. If they passed this as a law for student loans, the Supreme Court would strike it down. This is a game that they're playing because they are partisan. They are completely uh, illegitimate as a branch. We actually only have one branch of government that is working in any way that it should. It's and it's the executive. And unfortunately, the Supreme Court can just, anytime Biden tries to do literally anything that's within his purview, which they actually have a really good argument for why he can do this. That's very legally sound. They can just be like, no, sorry. But like, again, Trump did really stupid exec, you know, the Muslim ban was executive order. You know what I mean? And like, you just didn't hear, you know, presidents are always going to test it. And Democrats are always going to test it. And I'm not saying that there's like, a time where I would 100% support every time a Democrat tried to do this, but this of is course. legal. It's, it's, it's squarely within the act that they're using.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For our next segment, we're going to do a little Women's History Month segment. Happy Women's History Month. Woo! Woo! I mean, once again, it's got weird vibes. Roe is overturned. A religious zealot of a judge in Texas could decide at any day to pull a drug involved in medication abortion from the market. Uh, Women who are disproportionately impacted by predatory student loans might not have them uh, relieved as expected, but, but, but in radical defiance of these rancid vibes, every Thursday in March, we're going to, we're going to try to provide an antidote and just go through some women who are thriving. I just pulled a couple today. Kiki Palmer is thriving. Absolutely. Kiki Palmer is thriving. The 29 year old announced that she has given birth to a son. She said on Instagram, born during black history month with a name to match. His name is, (laughs) I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Leotis and Drelton Jackson. Welcome to the world, baby Leo. It's a black ass name. I love it. Kiki. (laughs) I love she's her. She's the best. She's truly like one of the most charismatic. She's just a star on all levels. And um, nothing is funnier to me than the original Sorry to This Man clip. That's and women's the fact history. That, it, it, that is women's history. And please never forget that the man that she is looking at in the picture is Dick Cheney. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she was on Las Culturistas recently, and she was so funny. She just She's was, great. She, she kept calling her baby retinol because <laughs> he had cleared up her skin. Yeah, I saw that. So yeah. thriving. All right. Who else is thriving? Julie Sue is thriving. President Biden has nominated her to be the labor secretary. Marty Walsh is the current labor sec- secretary, <laughs> but he is leaving to run the National Hockey League. I don't know if that's a level up. Good for him. I don't know. There's also somebody like there's also a congressman leaving to take like another odd sports related job. Anyway, she has so far served as the deputy labor secretary. So she was definitely the second, you know, in line, the first in line for this. She's seen as fairly pro-union and she's a former civil rights attorney and a former head of the California Labor Department. Her parents were immigrants. As Biden was introducing her yesterday, he really just presented her as, you know, the American dream personified. And uh, Biden had received criticism for failing to appoint any Asian American cabinet secretaries yet. Obviously, the vice president is Asian American, but he had not appointed any cabinet secretaries. So because of her qualifications and that omission so far, he he actually said yesterday, like, had I not done this, I would have been in trouble. So Julie Sue is thriving. She's thriving. Thriving. We, we love pro-union. Mm-hmm. Really, really important to have a pro-union labor secretary in what's going on in this country. Um, I think very soon Howard Schultz is going to be examined yes, by the Senate. Jesus. And yeah. So Bernie Sanders is like, I'm going to subpoena Howard Schultz. And so, Howard Schultz is the Starbucks CEO, if you don't know. Yeah. And, and, and again, it's for breaking up unions. So incredibly, incredibly important. Shout out to Julie Sue. Shout out. And the union thing also, just to tie it into like everything we've been talking about. Boomers grew up in mm-hmm. a time mm-hmm. when unions were extremely, extremely strong, strong and they benefited from the fact that their parents' jobs, mm-hmm. oftentimes blue collar jobs, my grandpa, you know, my my mom is one of six. They didn't have a lot of money, but they were able to 
live a dignified life because my grandpa's job was a union job. He was an elevator repairman actually at the World Trade Center and he mm-hmm. was in the elevator union and his union like his union identity was really important to him, lifelong democrat mm-hmm. as a result of that. Um and that is just another place where like again, the ladder has been pulled up. It's like mm-hmm. you're going to grow up in a union house where your dad had a union job and that's how you were able to bootstrap your way into whatever corporate gig you've got. And then when your company's employees try to have a union to do the same damn thing, mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to, you know, I'm going to vote in Ronald Reagan and he's going <laughs> to completely like neuter a bunch of unions. I'm going to personally try to stop unions from being strong at the company that I work in. And again, I've seen this with Republican members of my family who will say shit about unions. And I'm like, how can you say that when the entire reason that you had a nice childhood as one of six, like in a blue call and like parents who worked, you know, my, my grandma was like a cashier at Sears and my grandpa worked as an elevator repairman. You guys had a dignified life again uh, because of protections that were given to my grandpa from his union. So it's also, again, that and what is their reaction the to that? Their reaction is stare blankly at mm-hmm. me. Um, say I mean, I guess with these Fox with- News stuff. <laughs> I, okay, the Fox News stuff. Because I guess it's like the, the cultural aspect of it has just overtaken the reason about like, well, or is more important to them at this time. Well, and I think that when we're talking about democratic strategy, and again, this is what, you know, the little socialist meetings are all about that I go to. (laughs) It's literally that um, before, because all the low-income, uneducated college people were able to be in unions, or people who are uneducated and don't have a college education were able to be in unions and therefore always lean Democrats. And as unions in this country were weakened, you know, and put out, all those people then went and got and got seduced by the right and seduced by Republicans saying that the reason they don't have good jobs is because of immigrants and all this other shit and women or whatever. So now I do think that it's really fucking important and it's really crucial for Democrats to get some more um, working class college educated people and college educated lower class people to be, you know, through unions and strengthening unions. That's how we're going to get these people back, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. Who else is thriving? Michelle Yeoh. The six-year-old actress is just having a better year than anyone. She's just having – it's just so wonderful to watch her have so much fun, like getting her flowers and getting everything she deserves. She's picking up one word after the other for her performance and everything everywhere all at once. Um, I I was thinking to myself, you know, what do you think is going to happen if she does not win the Oscar? I think there will be some mutiny in the room. I feel like it's either her or Kate Blanchett. Blanchett, Kate, <laughs> not Andrea Rise of Rise of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. um, did you see Tar? Did you guys see Tar? Yes, and it was fucking good. Tar is really fun. Like it is actually a good movie. I, I, uh, people who follow me on social know that I do again love award shows, and I consider myself something of an Oscars whisperer. I feel so the vibes, and I. It would be pretty shocking for Michelle Yeoh not to take it, just with the vibes. Yeah. But if someone else were to get it, it would probably be Blanchett Kate, you're a genius. 
Um, Amanda, have you seen Tar? Yeah. Yeah, I just think that Tar's fucking slay. I, I liked it. And her German accent in it was very good. No, her to German it, accent. Yeah. She's fucking crazy. Yeah. The things that they're saying, the commentary that they're saying about cancel culture is so interesting. Um, again, that's the only person I see on this that's mm-hmm. getting it. Um, I feel Has like she already I, won a best actress. Clay, Kate? She, she must have. She must I feel, have. Yeah. I feel strongly. Yes. I'm going to Google. Uh, but I mean, I will say that, uh, uh, Michelle Williams is very good in, uh, Fable oh my God, I almost, call, I, I almost called it the Fleischmans cause there's that. <laughs> yeah. That confused me. Um, my my big prediction for a potential upset would be them giving the Fableman's best picture instead mm-hmm. of everything everywhere mm-hmm. just because Hollywood loves movies about yeah. Hollywood oh, and Lord. movies that are about movies. And so I could see them kind of doing that. But I I I really do feel that it is uh everything per year. I feel yeah. I feel like everything everywhere all at once is going to win a lot of Oscars. She's won best supporting. Sorry. Okay, she won best supporting okay. or actually she's also won best actress for Blue Jasmine. Okay. In 2014 and then best supporting for The Aviator when she played Katherine Hepburn, which was quite That good. makes sense. Yes. <laughs> um what I was going to say was I think everything everywhere all at once. If Michelle Yeoh doesn't win, I think that every it's kind of like the Beyonce situation where either it wins like everything everywhere all at once wins everything, but then Michelle Yeoh yeah. doesn't get best um, okay. actress. That would that or, would or Michelle Yeoh gets best gets best actress and everything everywhere all at once does not win best picture. I think it might. I may think it might go to Tar, but I will say that in a world before Shape of Water, the fish fucking movie. <laughs> Um, one, I would say, I don't know. I feel like everything everywhere all at once might be too weird. Yeah. But again, a movie about fucking a fish won. So, and they talked about how they fucked it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They they were explicit about it. And literally, I, sw- I think Octavia but- Butler was like, girl, did you fuck that fish? Like, <laughs> <laughs> if, so, if fucking can win, then hot dog fingers can certainly win. Yeah. Hot dog fingers our, our, and dildo fights. Exactly. Our next woman thriving totally differently. Uh, I hope I pronounced this right, but her name is Ellie Schlein. She is a probably Schlein. She's a 37-year-old Italian leftist who has been cared, compared to AOC after becoming the leader of her country's most prominent left-wing party. She has vowed to quote be a problem for the government led by fascist girl boss and Italian Prime Minister Georgia Maloney. So we love we love a young leftist queen in yeah. power. I love this matriarchy situation mm-hmm. where, yeah, it's like the the bad guy and the good guy are yes. both yes. lady guys, ladies, lady but, guys, <laughs> lady guys, um, both lady guys. And you know what? That is that is ultimately what equality, equality means. Exactly, is that women's women, history month. Women's history month is that women have the potential for great good and great evil inherent in all of us. And just being a woman doesn't mean that you're going to be a good person. Yes. Tar. As, we discuss that often. Tar. Tar. <laughs> as as, as again, is explored in tar. <laughs> as is explored in tar. And, as, and, and, and motherhood and being. And the United States Senate. Yeah. Every, everything everywhere all at once too. Is like you can be a shitty mom and in every multiverse. <laughs> 
Another person who is thriving, our last is Joni Mitchell. This is because last night, yesterday there was like a House members like retreat, I guess in Baltimore. So all the members of Congress and Biden made a speech at it. But a number of members of Congress skipped that speech. Why? To see a Joni Mitchell concert in D.C. There's a long list in Politico of members who, who came, who held back like Maxwell Frost and Katie Porter. Um, would you rather see a Biden speech or a Joni Mitchell concert? I think hmm. we love you, Joe, but I think I'd rather see a Joni Mitchell concert. Yeah, I mean, all the members of Congress just saw a Joe Biden speech at the that's same time. Excellent so point. It's like I didn't just see Joni Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Can't argue yeah. that. I mean, it's that. also like, you know, speaking to the choir, Biden, <laughs> let's let's get to something that's else. Fair enough. Yeah. It's like, why do I gotta like follow him everywhere he goes? I already I've, we've done enough. We've done enough. Yeah, fair, fair. That is our show for today. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Elise Maris. And this is the Betchessup Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.